0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Work Alchemy podcast, Conversations About Impact, where entrepreneurs and leaders share how they have impact, the sweet moments, and the challenges. I'm your host, Ursula York. I help entrepreneurs grow successful businesses that make a difference in the world. Impact is more than mission, more than purpose, even more than your why. Impact is where your unique self and business meet the world and contribute to making it better for all of us. These stories are here to inspire and energize you so you can have your own unique impact. Today's guest on the podcast is Tom Burton. Tom serves as the chair of the Mint's Energy and Sustainability Practice, His zeal for innovation and passion for energy and sustainability have shaped the clean energy industry. He created one of the nation's first clean energy legal practices, which has completed more than 500 transactions across energy sectors, totaling over $8.5 billion since 2006. Clients ranging from investors to entrepreneurs to Fortune 100 companies rely on him for creative and strategic legal solutions. Welcome to the podcast, Tom. I'm delighted to have you here.
1: Oh, I'm glad to be here. This is really exciting.
0: So you have such a broad uh scope in your practice. I know that um, you are into clean tech and renewables, energy optimization, impact capital and social innovation. I mean, there's a long list, including resource management. And how do you manage all of that? Because that's pretty wide-ranging. You you advise Companies at the same time you're involved in, in legal issues. So, can you talk a little bit about that and, and how you see your practice evolving?
1: Sure, absolutely. Thank you. Uh, you know, the, the reason for the breadth of the practice really goes back to our roots the fact that, you know, I began to focus uh, in the impact and sustainability space. Uh, exclusively with my practice. Um, I like to say at the beginning of the century. You know, it's been for me, you know, probably going on year 18 or 19, my first clients were around 2000, 2001, and they were clean energy clients. The overarching theme that cut across all of the work that we do is that, you know, our investor clients and entrepreneurs who we try to bring together to help build businesses which are going to have both a, an impact profit by way of profitability and an impact on our environment you know and our and our social fabric so so uh, that dual um, duality is the common theme that we think is uh, well certainly drives us and our team and our passion you know we now have a you know team of call it a couple dozen lawyers anyway, and over a couple of hundred clients, you know, that all are driving toward, you know, improving um, our, our environment, improving uh, how we interact with our uh, communities. Um, And they're all doing it uh, by building businesses that are capitalist businesses, businesses that are driven by profit uh, with a uh, a social and sustainability focus for their communities broadly.
0: Mm. Well, um, the work that you're doing, I know uh, some of it involves entrepreneurial companies, perhaps in in more ways than other areas of your practice, like the impact capital and social innovation realm. How do you promote social innovation?
1: So, it's really, a, I think, a question of building an ecosystem. So, so for us, when when I go back to the to uh, some of how we established ourselves and our leadership position nationally in the space, is that. We, we believe that by bringing together um, under one roof, and, and it was through different organizations that we helped to create um, the entrepreneurs, um, the money. Um, and the policy, the, the, the government folks who require to recognize what we we're trying to accomplish. And that, and that cuts in a variety of different ways, you know, when it comes to social enterprises. But, you know, um, in, in the context of, in, of uh, carbon uh, footprint reduction and in uh, clean energy, you know, we, uh, we were at the beginning and I, I was at the beginning with folks in helping to create uh, the Trade Association, which is now the Northeast Clean Energy Council, which is the convening authority for all aspects of the ecosystem, certainly in the New England area and even more broadly. And that has helped to um, create the connections and the relationships that needed to be built in order to build an industry space in effect. Uh, and uh, we have replicated that in, in other areas as well. So.
0: Hmm. Well, uh, I mean, yeah, that's it's a really a multi-pronged approach. So you have entrepreneurs, um, financing, government policy, all of that together, kind of working, working on each of those, not just one area, which is usually the case.
1: Well, that's right. I, I think what's interesting about us is that you know our role, like our you know the the day job that that I and our team play is that you know we are the lawyers. And that you know that's the number one thing we do. That's what we get paid to do, right? It's to it's to uh, reflect the business dealings, you know, on paper uh, or now electronically these days, right? Uh, in in writing okay. uh, for um, all manner of financings, equity and debt financings, project finance, uh, joint ventures, et cetera. Reflect those deals, those writings, uh, in a way that will. Um, Advance the interests of, of the businesses that are, are our clients. Now, along with that uh, day job is the the other day job, right, or the night job, whatever you want to say. The other the other forty hours a week you spend uh, on this job, which is to uh, connect uh, the various players with one another and and help them uh, recognize and see the opportunities to build. Uh, you know, sustainable businesses going forward, whether it be representing um, a venture capital fund and helping that fund uh, meet entrepreneurs or whether it be working with entrepreneurs who um, want to uh, see a certain policy come into play and, you know, helping them uh, meet the right people at the the trade association that can lobby for or the, or the local government. So, so there's a, there's a, a, an entire relationship overlay, an ecosystem overlay, to the to the work we do. That's the work we don't get paid to do, but is the work that um, helps to further the industry, uh, whether it be the clean energy industry, uh, or whether it be you know energy efficiency, or um, you know businesses that have a have a uh, you know a social uh, focus in terms of uh, you know I think of some of the things we've done you know in, in other other countries where you know the the there may be a, a lack of access to clean water or, or a lack of access to education, et cetera, and helping businesses sort of overcome that in their, in their, in their communities.
0: Mm. So uh, that's an example of the social innovation you were talking about. Was are, are there other examples of, of ways that uh, I know that your, your work is global really. So you, you work in a number of countries.
1: Yeah, we have, you know, interestingly, um, you know, I think of, uh, Gosh, it could be, you know, as I said, education, um, you know, fintech, you know, environmental, um, clean water, um, you, know, there's, you know, agriculture. So there's, there's, you know, you know, businesses that you know, we've worked with that are, um, you know, attempting to um, grow. Uh, call it, uh, you know, you know, variety of different, you know, vegetables, food products, et cetera, indoor high, you know, uh, high efficiency, you know, high throughput, uh, so that you can have more affordable, healthier food options, you know, things like that. So we've, we've investors in that, in that category yeah. as well. So it's, it, it's pretty broad range, you know, um, I can think of others that, um, you know, bringing solar to sub-Saharan Africa, we've worked with some, you know, uh, developers that are you know trying to do that, uh, um, and, and then you know, locally, there's just you know, there's a whole, whole variety of uh, of opportunities there. We you know, for example, um, work with a, a company that um, connects uh, um, you know the uh, workforce needs with uh, workers who have a high school diploma but don't have a four year degree. You know, and you know, it's a, you know, company we've helped you know with a variety of corporate and finance matters, and you know, if they're successful you know, it's, it'll create a new job creation opportunity uh, for folks who might not otherwise have those opportunities. So, so, you know, again, you know, to t- taking that lens of, you know, building a profitable business that, you know, will have a, uh, a positive social impact, whether that be environmental or, you know, as I said, education, you know, uh, community, et cetera.
0: Yeah. Well, I, one of the things I noticed that you work in is uh, oil and gas tech, and I was surprised to see that because of your emphasis on clean energy. How do the two come together?
1: So, so they come together in a couple different ways. You know, one of the things that we found um, recently, and this also bleeds into I'd say I would call industrial technologies. So, businesses that have, have developed new technology and innovations that actually make the uh, the the item or the product, you know, more uh, efficient or, or less. Um, in the case of the environment and oil and gas, you know, you know, less uh, less emissions uh, driven, I guess, so that you've got a. a, a a better positive impact on our carbon uh, footprint. You know, at the end of the day, we're in the middle of a transition in the energy industry. It's a transition where we can't go to 100% renewables tomorrow. Um, we would be unable to satisfy you know our energy needs if we were to do that. So, in the context of that transition innovation happens in a variety of areas in the pure renewables area as I mentioned which has clear and obvious you know, carbon benefits but also in the oil and gas area where you can actually have carbon benefits although not quite at the scale as you're moving into that transitionary period you know, so um, you know or, or alternatively uh, a good example is you know, wastewater treatment you know we have we work with businesses that do wastewater treatment in um, in the oil and gas space and, and it ultimately allows for the um, the Uh, the replacement of clean water you know into the place where that water was originally drawn for example versus water being shipped and tanked and you know winds up god knows where and you know who knows how clean so Mm -hmm. you know more efficient ways of doing that which actually help replenish the water supply Mm -hmm. It's a good example Uh, uh or we have a we have a company that we work with that um, has developed a, a method for making steel, uh, which is a very carbon-intensive process. They developed a method for making steel on a carbon-free basis—not carbon-free; you need carbon to make the steel—but you know, on a carbon-emission-free basis, right? And so that's a, a really, um, you know, uh, you know, early-stage technology that, you know, you know, if it comes to scale, will have a dramatic impact on on our nation's uh, carbon footprint and even the global carbon footprint so 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 those are some examples of industrial technologies or oil and gas type technologies that you know help you know move the needle you know across the spectrum of uh of innovation
0: yeah, so it's really a continuum at the moment of trying to kind of move more in that direction
1: I think that's exactly right
0: yeah well, <clears throat> one of the things we've already kind of touched on is is um impact capital. So how do you define that because there's so much out uh, in the news and and among companies now about impact investing and how do you define impact capital?
1: That's a great question. it is uh, it is a really broad term you know and um, I think what uh, again going back to the very beginning of our discussion, you know what really drives us is that you know we work with a client base, where the ultimate goal is to uh, build enterprises that find profits and impact, whether that impact be social impact uh, or environmental impact. So you know, environmental and social sustainability you know, are, are really the sort of the key drivers as we think about impact. Um, you, uh, the, 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 there's another term out there which, which has gotten a lot of traction, and that's you know, the ESG, you know, term and metrics, which is helpful in the financial community for understanding, you know, the positive social and environmental impacts that uh, businesses can have. And and as those um, metrics, um, you know, begin to, there's a variety of ways of testing those metrics, as you might imagine, but as they begin to kind of coalesce around a central theme uh, or set of standards, you know, I think we'll find that we all have a. We we'll all have a generally um, known um, and consistent view of you know, what it means for a business to have social impact um, or an environmental impact. Um, another, I think, point to that is that under the law, uh, in the last few years, um, states have been passing uh, statutes which recognize public benefit corporations. Um, right. Primarily Delaware, um, and then many other states. Delaware is really you know, is known as the corporate leader. the The fact that recognition in the statute was uh, afforded businesses who can, in their charter, state a public benefit to what they are doing, um, you know, uh, is is really critical to. Um, uh, balancing shareholder primacy, you know, earning a profit with with impact. I think that we're going to see a much uh, you know we're seeing a growing number of companies electing to become PBCs um, by statute.
0: PBC being
1: public benefit corporations. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Electing by statute to be public benefit corporations. And that trend is only increasing, and, and I think that the 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 trepidation originally was you know how do you you know, potentially reconcile the two, uh, shareholder time to see you know you know acting in the best interest of shareholders economically versus also taking into account certain other externalities like your community, and um, I think that the financial community is beginning to get some comfort in that. You know, mm-hmm. and certainly seeing it at the at the big level with the ESG metrics and in in pension funds etc. But we're we're also going to begin seeing it at the venture capital level. Where in fact, um, my colleague Ben Stone just published an article. Uh, in VC experts um, on the very topic, Matthew Goulds actually yesterday um, that um, uh, noted um, that you know venture capital funds um, you know are investing in public benefit corporations. So we're starting to see a trend and a sea change here, and, and that, yeah. that I think is going to be um, you know the the uh, the big news in corporate law and in you know corporation broadly over the next decade.
0: Well I completely agree with you I, I think there's increasing research that this actually works. It's not just a sort of nice to have and a pipe dream that you can get market rate returns that impact investing is really caught on. I've actually done a number of interviews with, uh, with CEOs of impact investment firms and they're they're not only sustaining but growing as companies as people have a more and more interest in that realm so um, yeah it's very much a, a growing Uh, growing, going concern and uh, the ability of people to be able to invest in that way and and see market rate returns is certainly driving that to to a large degree. So, yeah, Yeah. well,
1: Go ahead. Oh no, I was just, yeah, that's exactly right. In fact, in certain sectors, I think back going back, you know, 15 years or so ago, and, and people would say, "There's no way anyone's going to pay more for a product, right. you know, that you know uh, also has a you know social good or has a sustainable." you know, um, you know, angle to it. Uh, they just want the lowest cost product, you know, mm-hmm. and, you know, a great example is the seventh generation, which is a client of ours, you know, that, you know, makes you know household products on a, on a sustainable basis, you know, mm-hmm. and, you know, they, we sold that company to Unilever a few years ago for, you know, a, a really good sum uh, of, of money, um, highly profitable, uh, top-tier kind of business, and and that is a great example of the fact that you know people's attitudes have changed. You know, they do recognize that um, they're part of the larger environment and they should do what they can to contribute, you know, to it in in whatever way they can, and that certain products really are worth you know the extra money if if they are even extra money. And at this point, you know, when you sort of shift that to the energy industry, you're finding that we can actually deploy wind and solar cheaper than fossil fuels now. And that's why, you know, the, the lion's share of generation capacity being built today is all renewables. So, um, again, this, this sea change has occurred.
0: Mm, yeah, and it's encouraging to see, for sure. Well, Tom, I, I'm really interested in, uh, I mean, you're, you're a bit of a trendsetter since you've been involved since uh, at least 2004, but you said beginning of the century. In um, clean energy and, and, uh, and sustainability, why is it important to you to have impact in that way?
1: Well, you know, my view on this is, you know, uh, you know we only get to go around this, uh, this once. And, um, you know, with that one shot, you know, how are you going to make a difference at the end of the day? You know, can you, can you leave uh, the world a little better than when you entered it? And for me, um, where my passion is, it's it is on, on um, you know, the passion for working with entrepreneurs and investors, a passion for helping people build businesses, and I have a passion for our environment and doing it in a in, in a way that is you know is sustainable for future generations. You know, and um, in my role as the attorney, I am able to combine all of those things together uh, and work with a broad swath of folks across a variety of industries, all with that same passion. And that same concern um, marching forward to be able to make that kind of a difference so um, I you know, couldn't be you know luckier to, to be doing what I'm doing.
0: Mm, great well something I saw on your firm's website is the the She's the Boss event for attorneys clients and their children so what's what was the vision for that event it's it's quite unique when as i delved into it further
1: well it is you know as a as a firm mints is committed to um, a very inclusive environment you know we have um over the years i mean our, our history is a firm you know we were the sort of the the outlier I mean, the, you know, nearly 100 years ago when the firm was formed by you know, three fellows who who couldn't get jobs at you know the white shoe firms and so you know we've since you know had in our dna the uh, the focus that we have to build a place that has as broadly an inclusive environment as possible. That includes, you know, uh, know, working with women, uh, working with minorities, uh, you know, uh, working with people who are the face of the businesses that we work that we have as our clients. And and that's really, really critically important. And, um, you know, along the way, you know, we work on programs that help, help to promote that kind of inclusive environment. You know, we've been recognized... Uh, by uh, Yale is one of the you know top 10 you know, law firms I think in the country for women uh, which I, which I think is a really wonderful uh, accolade and, and we want to continue we want to be number one right at the end of the day you know so, uh, so having that kind of environment is, is is really critical for we think for for our success but also because it's the right thing to do
0: mm. well um, that that event to return to that I mean I, I uh... I mean, I hear what you're saying about the inclusiveness, and I I love that the, that event involved uh, people's children because there there were the uh, variety of the panelists was just extraordinary. There was an astrophysicist, an actor, an MIT educator, or a screenwriter and director. That's I mean, those are just some of the people that were. What were you hoping would be the outcome of that event?
1: Uh, well, at the end of the day, you know, as I as I mentioned, you know, what we want to do is bring together, you know, a broad swath of the uh, of the community, you know, and, and speak to issues that, you know, are, are near and dear and, and hopefully, you know, at the end of the day, um, you know, make some progress and find solutions. Uh, you know, for us, family is a really uh, important point. Um, you know, we, I think are a little bit different than other law firms and that we do uh, seek to have a community of, of attorneys who uh, are balanced in their in their worlds so that they not only do you know excellent legal work but they also contribute to their communities and and do uh, you know spend you know the, the the time that they they should be spending with their families as they go through their careers have the bed, you only get to do this once and so you you really to be most effective i think you you can't really neglect those other aspects of your life
0: mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, one of the things that you've been uh, a leader in, um, as we've already touched on a few times, is that, that uh, y- yours was the first uh, clean energy legal practice in the country, and you're, you're chair of that practice now. What do you think are the traits and practices of uh, an impactful leader?
1: Um. There are a number of them. One of the most uh, important is that you have to work um, in a very collaborative way. Um, you you have to uh, empower uh, your team members uh, to, to do more, to take on more responsibility and do more with their clients than they maybe think they're capable of doing. Uh, you know, that was a lesson I learned young and early. Um, and one that I try to impart upon others. Um, if you're not slightly uncomfortable with what you're doing, you know, in terms of, you know, you, you've got to stretch your to, to build your expertise and to become excellent at what you do. And so I think that we really work hard to allow people the opportunity to spread their wings like that. Um, and, and as I said, you know, the collaboration piece is really key. So for us, it was bringing together, you know, people on our team, both the lawyers and our government relations people. Um, from across disciplines under one sort of umbrella. And that was really what was unique about what we did early on. And, um, and that meant that we all had to collaborate and work together as a team in order to be most uh, effective you know, for our clients. So really promoting that team play, collaboration with one another, um, and, and focusing you know, really relentlessly on you know, our client success. And, and by doing that, we then ultimately you know, uh, become successful. So, uh, so those are a couple of pieces. Um, I think also, you know, getting, um, you know, being an impactful leader means being part of your community more broadly. So not, not merely just being inside your firm or with just your clients, but, but getting out into the community in in. in uh, meeting and looking, working with on, on nonprofit projects, you know, the, the leadership, uh, the business leadership locally. Um, you know, for example, in my case, uh, I, I did a, uh, early on in my career, I did some work with the Doug Flewley uh, Foundation uh, for Autism, um, which was an organization that works with families with, with children with autism. Um, I then also, uh, now, in fact, last several years have been involved on the Board
0: of Trustees of the New England Aquarium you know, which um, while is a, a, a uh, probably the most beloved sort of attraction in, in Boston. Yeah, it's a great
1: aquarium. It, is, uh, it, 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 it really is a conservation organization that's what it really is and mm-hmm. and we are um, really committed to um, research uh, and activity that um, is dedicated toward ocean conservation, you know, whether it be the species in the ocean, you know, the, the, the plankton and the jellyfish, even, you know, that we, um, the ocean is impacted by our, our carbon uh, usage, um, in much the same way as our air. And if we don't, um, don't limit that, then we, you know, can wreak havoc on that ecosystem as well, and we are we are focused at the aquarium in, in understanding that and in ways in which we can mitigate that and plan for that. So, um, so being part of that whole whole bigger community um, and in leading by example, demonstrating that those are uh, those are important parts of what you know a full life is, mm-hmm. are really critical to uh, to think being an effective leader on a day to day
0: basis. Mm, that's great it's a very holistic view of, of uh, different aspects of things you're involved with uh, that include leadership not just you know in the firm for example yeah well how have, how have you developed those leadership skills have has it been through mentors that you've had or different other ways of learning that you've you've found particularly effective for you
1: so that's a that's a great question i think for you know people listening you know there there's no single path in my opinion i think there are a, a lot of different resources out there um i do believe you have to spend quite a bit of your spare time committing yourself to to becoming a a, a leader um over the years uh, i've done a whole variety of things um i've certainly have had um people who have served as mentors for me, who I could speak with. Um, I've made uh, both lawyers here at the firm, but also business people in town who I've I've built relationships with, who I can talk to about some of the challenges, either with my group or with our firm, things like that. The ability to get perspectives from folks who have been through it before, really critical. their uh, programming. We're lucky in Boston. You know, you've got you know, HBSs across the river, and they have all sorts of programming available on, on leadership. Um, and
0: that's Harvard and, Business School. right? Yes. Yeah, hard, yeah. Yeah. I
1: took advantage of that. Um, you know, I'm not a graduate. I didn't attend. I was. They had an extension thing that you can you can you can, you can you know, take courses. And so, you know, I, I did a variety of those over the years, and and, and then, you know, a ton of reading, and you know, again, time, <laughs> right, reading and and thinking. Um, and then lastly, you know, one of the, I, I read an article, this was an HBR article many years ago, right, when I was starting my career as a lawyer, and it talked about sort of, you know, how do you, how do you succeed or how can you do well at a professional services firm? So this was, you know, any professional services firm, which is, you know, you know the service sector is very broad. It could be marketing, it could be law, you know, anything. You uh, you tend to work with um, a variety of people, right? And so what if, you, if you're thoughtful and careful, what you want to do is work with a broad variety of people um, and, and, you know, analyze, you know, what are the traits that those people exhibit that uh, work well and um, contribute to their success and maybe what are the traits that don't work as well. And, and it's almost like, you know, going into the store and, and trying on a suit or a dress. You know, you, 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 you try on um, a whole variety of them. And that's, you know, the styles of a whole variety of people that you would work with. Um, and until you find something that fits, and, and often you need something custom. So it's borrowing a little bit of this positive from, from Nancy and, you know, and that positive from Bill and this other positive from another person. And ooh, don't, I don't want to do the other thing that that person over there does. You know, and then making it become for yourself a style that, that really works for you. Um, uh, as as a as an individual, so uh, so that 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 was really um, uh, something I took to heart, and, and I found to be very very useful that like, you know you really have to find the
0: style that that works relative to who you are um, as a person. Yeah, so you don't have to abandon yourself and pretend to be somebody else. It's really about just taking in what you learned and really personalizing it.
1: You're right, and I would say like one thing that sort of relates to that is. Is my decision to focus all of my time, uh, my professional time, and even my volunteer time too, on um, elements of sustainability in our environment? Um, you know, when I came to the realization that um, I was going to work. I wanted to work with entrepreneurs and investors building businesses that had, you know, a sustainability focus, but I came to that realization that that was what I was going to do. And that was where my passion was. And it took time. I mean, it was definitely, I, I had to do soul searching for some time. You know, what is it that makes me tick? Why am I doing what I'm doing? And you know, Why do I want to do it? And ultimately when I came to that realization, um, I I realized that what I held at at and I love this place, was was a job and that it's merely a job and that I can do that job elsewhere. And once I really recognized that I could do it here or elsewhere, um, I, I was no longer afraid of whether or not I was making the right choice. I just did the thing that made me tick, you know, and hmm. what was so I think remarkable about our firm uh, was that we, the firm supported me 100%, you know, that I wanted to do something new. Remember, you know, in 2003, three four there was only about $400 million of venture capital going into clean energy, for example. I mean, there was, it was, you could could not stay busy as a, as a lawyer doing that, just that. And so um, the firm got behind me and said, you know, if you think this is going to be big and it's going to grow, we're, we're going to help you with that. And, um, and I just, you know, dove right in. And uh, once I lost that fear, I was able to really harness, I think the passion and commitment and, and go at it 110%. And so that I think that to me is one of the biggest lessons I think I've learned from this experience.
0: You know,
1: huh. is that you 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 really can't be afraid to do the thing that you're passionate about.
0: Yeah, that's great. That's a great realization. Well, it's it's so interesting to me that you come to this entrepreneurial focus because we don't conventionally think of professional service firms as being necessarily entrepreneurial they can be conservative and and pretty mainstream in their thinking which entrepreneurs tend not to be so what is it that draws you to that entrepreneurial aspect of your practice
1: you know i you know um i think it's just a mindset you know from from my perspective you know i've you know i've gotten so used to working with people who think that there's no uh no limits (laughs) (laughs) between between that and 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 i think often you know I'm tasked with just, you know, trying to think unconventionally to solve problems, you know, and, you know, that's how my mind works. And so for, for me, it, it, you know, I I have to work with people who are entrepreneurs or are investing in entrepreneurs. Um, I don't do so well or as well with the, the large, you know, fortune 100, you know, you know, avoid risk at all costs. (laughs) organizations you know now they're not all like that some are some are very innovative but you know for me it's it is about working with folks who are trying to find new solutions that haven't been considered before and and that that's that's a
0: lot of fun yeah well and ironically fortune 500 companies are falling by the wayside much faster than they ever used to so um, that that innovative focus can really be important in sustaining a company
1: I think a a dose of creativity for a few of them would be pretty helpful
0: (laughs) (laughs) well you have a global practice as we've touched on before but what what are are you finding are the benefits and the challenges of operating an environment where you've got multiple cultures and and countries involved is it something that you find um, inspiring challenging probably both (laughs)
1: Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, I think it, you know, the, the inspiring piece is big. I mean, I think, I think what, what, you know, is great is that we're finding there's this common scene, you know, across, you know, uh, Europe, US, Asia, uh, you know, uh, you know, Africa businesses, entrepreneurs, investors who want to do positive social and environmental good with their businesses, with their profitable businesses. And, and that I, I think is really exciting. We're in a big market here in the U S as you know. Um, and so we, we are finding that we have, you know, clients from, you know, for example, a couple of clients from the UK who are coming over and in investing in energy storage projects or sustainability businesses, you know, companies in you know uh, Sweden, Denmark, uh, you know, uh, China, um, I'm going to Singapore in uh, May, uh, you know, we're, we're it just, there's just, you know, with clients you who know, see us and Singapore, you know, they're, you know, blowing out their products and in, in the, in the Asia and in Indian markets, you know, it's just, yeah, I, I, to me, it's energizing and exciting. Um, you definitely have to handle, you know, the time zone challenges, you know, uh, not merely for travel, but just, you know, in day-to-day work, you have to, yeah, I tell people law is a lifestyle. I mean, you, you have to, you know, I got to do conference calls at, you know, at all hours and, uh, you know, in negotiations, but, you know, um, that's fine. You know, we find flexibility in other ways, you know? So, so it's, um, it, it's, uh, as I said, I think it's energizing, it's inspiring, you know, um, and it's exciting that there's a, there are a, a lot of folks out there with that common goal in mind. And I think if we, if we continue, um, harnessing that goal, uh, you know, we'll, we'll be better off for future generations. Mm.
0: Well, I, I read an article of yours uh, a while ago about how, um, and this is related to the energy sector, but kind of a bit of a different topic of how, how blockchain transactions can facilitate exchange of power locally while connecting to the grid, kind of a peer to peer energy transfer, uh, which I thought was quite innovative and visionary about how that could happen. Can you tell us a bit more about that? Yeah, sure.
1: So what's interesting there is that, you know, we're beginning to see our personal backup, our energy grid is just that. It's a series of interconnected grids. And in, for example, in the U S um, and they, and, and it's, it's essentially centralized energy, right? We know we, we flip this energy generated, you know, one central point, we flip the switch, lights come on, everyone's happy, you know, but with the, uh, Proliferation of renewables, um, we're moving toward a more distributed generation environment, which means that the central grid, you know, maybe the maybe we'll keep a central wire system, but the central generation system uh, is not is is not required as much any longer, and we're going to see less and less of that, and more and more of these small pockets of of renewables and storage uh, that will drive you know the you know electricity consumption needs you know in our country. Now, in doing so. By decentralizing, you know the questions become: Well, how do I, you know, from a transactional basis, um, you know, take care of all the buying and selling? You know, um, buying and selling typically, you know, has been traditionally done, um, you know, in in other sectors. You think of think of banks, right? You know that they're the intermediary between financial transactions. You know they're central centralized intermediary. Well, what happens when you you, know, you get to become decentralized, which is what's happening with their energy grid? Well. With something like blockchain, you you remove any central centralization central need. You know, you the database resides on all the servers, and, and the opportunity to transact business, you know, directly without an intermediary um, arises. And so, so to me, that that the innovation of blockchain combined with the innovation of of, uh, of um, distributed generation uh, together will really, um, you know, change the face, you know,
0: of, of our energy grid, um, over the next couple of decades. Hmm, yeah. makes a lot of sense. And I mean, it kind of obviates the need of, you know, those huge central power plants and all the implications of that. Yep. yep. Or at least reduces them. Yeah. Yeah,
1: exactly. You know, and hopefully that will create a more secure energy, um, environment. I mean, we, you know, we've got, um, you yeah. know, we, you know, with, with technology hacking and, you know, you, you hear about it, you know, on the news every day, you know, our energy grid's at risk too. And so if, if it's distributed, you know, you, you then reduce the impacts that that kind of activity can have and can create you know, more redundancy and, you know, a more secure energy environment for us, which I think is really important. Um, you know, it also means, you know, you know, how, how do you how do you service it if there's challenges or, or problems right and and that that does create a layer of complexity
0: that we all have to you know, ultimately figure out how to deal with. Sure, yeah. Well, like any new technology or or system or method, it you know has to be worked out in terms of how that logistically would work, but, um, but it has certainly has promise. So, yeah. Well Tom the way I always wrap up these interviews is with a rapid round of, of three questions about impact are you are you game?
1: Uh, I am game yes let's go for it
0: <laughs> okay great So the first one is what's the biggest thing you've learned about having impact?
1: The biggest thing I've learned about having impact mm-hmm. would be that that's a that's a such a broad question. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it is. And feel free to answer it in whatever way occurs to you.
1: I, I think that what I, I think the biggest learning I've had is that nothing is not achievable, if that makes sense. You know, mm-hmm. Early on, I think about the ecosystem that we built and how it's proliferated and taken on a life of its own. You know, and we were one small group of people starting. You know, one aspect of the ecosystem, and you know there were others doing the same. And when you get enough like-minded bodies together doing that, you can achieve anything. And I and I think maybe that's why, going back to the point earlier around doing work internationally, I'm so optimistic, seeing so many people from different parts of the world who are like-minded in in their goals to uh, achieve a you know, more, uh, you know, socially just and, and clean environment. And stuff.
0: Mm, yeah. Well, the second question is, what's the one thing you've consistently done that's contributed to your success and the impact the most?
1: Another great question. Um, you know, to me, it's been focus. Just, you know, not... Yielding on the goal and continuing to focus every day, you know, I, you know, I, in the past I've run, you know, marathons and, and I, and I, I, the mantra was always, you know, you no know, matter how bad you felt, you know, and I often felt bad because I'm not a really good runner, but um, <laughs> <laughs> one foot in front of the other, you know, just put one foot in front of the other and, and just, you know, being focused on that goal and, and putting one foot in front of the other every day. You know, you make a little progress, you know, and mm. that's, that's really the key. It's not, you know, ultimately climbing the mountain. It's the, it's the steps you take on your way. Mm.
0: Yeah, that's great. Well, I'm impressed that you have even run a marathon. So that's pretty, that's pretty amazing. Well, the third question is, what's one insight or piece of advice you'd share with uh, a business owner who's asking, how can I have impact? How can I positively contribute with my business?
1: Well, I think I think the piece for them, is, you know, for any for any business owner, and we, you know, I'm a business owner too, right? I own you know mm-hmm. what we're doing, you know, is um, I think to have most, you know the, the most positive impact, I think you have to, um, again, you got to focus on you know what what is the one thing that you can influence, you know, with your people and your products. You know, in a way that, you know, will have that positive con- net contribution, right? When, you, when you're done, you can look back and say, you know, we made this world a better place than when we started. So, you know, what is that one thing that you can be most excellent at? Not everything, but the one thing you can be most excellent at. And focus on that, you know, and, um, you know, and it's going to be different answer for, you know, a great variety of uh, business owners, of course. Um, but f- figure that out. Take the time to think about that. Figure that out. You know and then align what you're doing, um, your mission uh, with your business um, and 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 then you can realize both profit, you know and and make and make some positive uh, social change too.
0: Mm. Well, Tom, thank you so much for sharing what you have today. I think the the scope of the work that you do in itself is quite inspiring, and you're really helping to shift things more into this impact focus with the companies that you work with and the, the other the clients that you work with as well. So thank you for sharing all of that, including your thoughts on leadership with us today. I think it's uh, going to be really valuable.
1: Well, thank you, Ursula. I really appreciate um, the opportunity to do this. And, um, you know, I hope that uh, it's um, helpful and useful to folks.
0: Yeah, I'm sure it will be. Well, if people want to get in touch with you, what's the best way for them to reach you?
1: Oh, I'd say email is best. And, and that's t r at Mintz, M-I-N-T-Z dot com.
0: Well, thank you, Tom, for the work you're doing in the world.
1: Great. Thank you. OK, bye now.
0: Join us for more episodes. Subscribe to the Work Alchemy podcast on iTunes or Stitcher Radio so you'll know as soon as new episodes are available. You can even help spread the word. Leave a review if you like what you've heard. Thanks for listening. Until next time, for ongoing support so you can have your own impact, join our community of entrepreneurs like you by liking the Work Alchemy Facebook page.